Hey, well, this morning, I'm not sure exactly how this is going to go. I have a number of uh, verses here, kind of not just one particular text. But just want to touch on the topic of biblical manhood and womanhood this morning. That's an easy brief topic, isn't it? <laughs> Tackling 30 minutes here. <clears throat> um, this is the graduation season. Have any of you guys been asked this question lately? So what are you doing after you graduate? Could be, of course, high school, could be college. Anybody been asked that question lately? Nobody? All right, there's a few out there. ask others this apply to more have you thought about what you're going to do or be when you grow up anybody been thinking about that there's some people still right (laughs) have you guys thought about that young people have you thought about what it means to be a man or to be a woman this this falls in line with that you know what am I going to be what am I going to do um It's not just this individualistic thing of, I have my plan, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, and this is going to be my career. But have you processed what it means to be a young man, a young woman? And this this is for all of us, right? I mean, none of us have manhood, biblical manhood, and womanhood licked. So, I mean, any amount of time and age, we realize uh, the need in this area to continue growing. Uh, We see the effect of the fall in our hearts still in this area of biblical manhood and womanhood. So believer, are we regularly being renewed and sanctified in our calling as men and women? This is a big topic today, isn't it? Manhood and womanhood. I mean, to where culturally seeking just to obliterate, where we wouldn't be able to stand up here and say, here's a message on manhood and womanhood. Culture is wanting to say that means that doesn't mean anything. You know, there's no significance. But just, (laughs) just to start reading your Bibles at the very beginning, you realize, wait, there's something here. God made man, God made woman, and equal... And yet distinct, yet different in design and responsibility. But are we being regularly renewed? I mean, because this is just being thrown out there and it's becoming more and more like this is just the norm. That there's no distinction, not just that there's no distinction between man and woman, there's no distinction between, I mean, male and femaleness means nothing. Romans 12, 1, a verse or two, Romans 12, 2, verse many of us are familiar with. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So this call here, not to be conformed to this world, but have our mind renewed by truth. And that's what we want to do. What's God's word say about this? Because certainly the world, the flesh, the devil goes against what God says in regards to biblical manhood and womanhood. I mean, we see this as, and kind of getting ahead of myself here, but we know at the very beginning, 
this was attacked in the garden, wasn't it? This role of man and woman. At the very beginning, in the fall, man being passive, man not assuming his responsibility as, as leader, as head, transpired in the fall. Ephesians 5.10 says, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, or proving, proving what's pleasing to the Lord. So just encouraging us this morning in every area of our life, but here specifically in regards to this topic, prove it, test it, this, this idea that, you know, all our thoughts, even what I was asking at the beginning, you know, what am I going to do? What are you going to do after you graduate? What do you want to be? What are you going to study? Well, let's hold that up to God's word and ask God, is this in line with how you have created me and made me? You know, prove it, test it, everything in our life as believers. There's nothing exempt from holding it up to God's word, up to him, and testing it, proving it, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. So I just want to give a brief look this morning at what God's word says about biblical manhood and womanhood. And as believers, as we read it, it's just a breath of fresh air. And then encourage us to embrace God's design for us as men and women and to keep growing in this area to God's glory. All right, so I'm just going to go through here. and This is just, of course, basic here. And just biblical terminology of what God says is uh, in regards to manhood and womanhood. So let's go to Genesis here, the very beginning. Genesis chapter 2. So before the fall here. Before the fall, God's creation of man and woman and his design for them. So first, in regards to man, it says in Genesis 2.15, this is before Eve was created, it says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. So here we get this, this sense of manhood here, God putting Adam in the garden to cultivate it and keep it. This idea of fruitfulness, of, of, to- of working and, and being productive. And also this, this idea of keeping it, of guarding it, preserving it, is at the essence of what it means uh, to be a man. And then let's go on down in verse 18. God created woman here. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. So here we see this essence of womanhood, of God creating Eve, taking a side out of Adam, creating Eve to be his helper. And so here we get a sense in the essence of womanhood, of coming alongside here, of helping. And so manhood here is being provider, protector, here, womanhood, it's God creating Eve to be, to be a helper. Okay, let's turn over now into the New Testament. 
Let's go ahead and turn to Ephesians, Ephesians 5. You know we would go to Ephesians 5. And something here, if we'd go on in Genesis, in Genesis 3 with the fall, we see what has happened in the fall is that there's been this tension then because of sin, because of the fall, between man and between woman. And woman to um, reject her design as God created her and to usurp authority and then at, and man to to reject their design as a man and and not to be the provider the protector the nurturer if we go on and read there and as we come into the new testament here and even in ephesians 5 we see how god redeems this this is part of what god renews redeems is biblical manhood and womanhood so in ephesians 5 In verse 23, says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. So what is it to be a man here? Just within his design, as God made him, it says he is the head of the wife. I mean, just think about these words here, just at the very outset of it, and what's going on in culture today to say these words? To say that this is the essence of biblical manhood and and womanhood just flies in the face of what the world is saying is right. So man here, he says, biblical manhood is man being, being the head. Leader, the one responsible. Remember when after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and God came? To them there in Genesis 3, who did God call out to first? Who did you say I didn't hear? Adam. He called Adam. We come to Romans 5. And in, through, who centered, uh, through whom did sin enter the world? Through Eve? Through Adam. We see this headship, right? This responsibility that God placed on man. So let's go back now to, to biblical womanhood. What's he say here in Genesis 5, or excuse me, Ephesians 5, verse 22? It says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. And you can also read in, in Colossians 3.18, uh, Titus 2.5, 1 Peter 3.1-6. So this idea of subjection, of submissiveness, and it's along the lines still of back in Genesis chapter 2 of this, of being a helper, God creating the woman to be a helper. So let's keep going here. Let's go back to the, to the man, and we'll stay in Ephesians 5. Look in verse 25. What's it mean to be a man? So, I mean, one, when we hear these words are certainly... Uh, the world, how they take these worlds of headship, of submissiveness, and they, they think in regards to the fall in Genesis 3 there. Uh, the woman's desire will be for her husband, and we don't have time to talk about that, but it seems to be her desire is one to usurp authority, and yet it says he'll rule over her. There's this, you know, of 
having dominion, this kind of, uh, of tyrant kinds of, of rule, which isn't how God created. It's not the essence of, of manhood. And when the world hears it, that's what they hear. But let's read here. Is this what headship is uh, for a man? Verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So, I mean, that there's no place for this um, tyrant kind of, you know, you just do what I say, manhood. That's not what a, a man is or means. Uh, that's kind of put, been put out there in our culture. And I think even in, in growing up, I don't really, and it doesn't mean it wasn't, but really here, you know, what, what does the scripture mean in regards to what it means to be a man? Or to be a woman, but I did hear jokes about it. You know, men joking about, you know, women having their place, or this is your place, or do this, which is the fallen, of course, the fallen idea of it, but not this loving headship that it talks about here of what it means to be a man. So men love. Love is Christ loved the church, and he goes on to say, um, and nourishes it. And cherishes it. In verse 29, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. That's the essence of manhood. And let's go back to womanhood. Let's turn over to first, or actually let's go to Titus 2. Titus 2, let's read verse 4. Titus 2, 4 says, So that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. But this idea of workers at home, in 1 Timothy 5.14, uh, Paul exhorts the young widows to marry, have children, and to, to keep house. But this idea of this place of employment, this place of work, in the heart of a, a, a woman is at home. I'm just throwing these things out there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to move right on. <laughs> but there's things for us to pry and to think. Have you thought about this in your own life? What does God mean? Ladies, have you thought about this? Men, have you thought about this in regards to your planning, your future, your work, or today where you're at? You know, married, husband, wife, whether it's been a week for some, whether it's been 40 years for others. Are, are we looking and examining our life in light of biblical manhood and womanhood. I know for my wife and myself, where we really saw this um, was through a couple when we were in school, in college, then graduate school, that really embraced this and, and got a sense of biblical womanhood and manhood and what, how God designed it to be, created it to be. They really had a heart for it. Um, so one other thing here in regards to biblical manhood and womanhood. Uh, it's interesting in, in 1 Peter 3, 7, uh, Peter 
uh, tells men they're to live with their wives in an understanding way. Understanding. So think about that. Manhood, it's the last two, loving, understanding. There's no place for this machoism, tyrant, you know, iron fist idea that this is what biblical headship is. There's no place for that. And then in 1 Peter 3, 7, he says, live with your wives in an understanding way as, as with a weaker vessel, as a weaker vessel. So these are things that God's word says, I think, in these passages that deal with the family, that deal with uh, manhood, womanhood, of just the essence of, of what it means, of how God created, how God designed us to be men and women. Equal? Yes, both yet created equally in the image of God. He says there in 1 Peter 3, 7, right, as, as fellow heirs of the gospel. We're not saying that there's not anything that we're unequal or one's of more value than the other, but that we're equal yet different and distinct in design. Yes. So just a few concluding thoughts here. The gospel is central to biblical manhood and womanhood. And just in this <laughs> brief overview of biblical manhood, going from Genesis into the New Testament, we see that, don't we? We see in Genesis 2, God created men and women, distinct, different, differing roles. We see the, the fall comes. We see there's this tension between the sexes. And then when we come to Ephesians in the New Testament, we see that God is redeeming this, that there's the gospel in this. Um, in Ephesians 5.22, he says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Right? That's the work of the gospel in the heart of a woman, to do it as unto the Lord. Colossians 3.18, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. So, wives, it's not looking at the man or your husbands. or um, it's, it's looking to the Lord. I'm honoring my Savior. And this is the, once again, this is the work of, of, of Christ in us, right? Producing us, renewing this relationship of biblical manhood and womanhood in salvation. What's he saying in regards to husbands? Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. How do we know anything of this love apart from salvation, apart from conversion? This love of Christ. And as we read earlier about how the husband is to nourish and cherish his wife just as he does his own body, it says, just as Christ also does the church. So the gospel is central to biblical manhood and womanhood. And then also, just to point out here, manhood and womanhood is wrapped up in relationship. In relationship. We can get the idea, and I think especially in regards to man, or I've heard it more, I guess, in, in regards to manhood, is like manhood is something you go experience out in the woods. You know, you go or with guns or explosives or, I mean, we like those things. <laughs> but that's where you experience your manhood. And, I mean, God has put that within man, right, to, um, to cultivate, to keep, 
um, to protect. I mean, he's putting those things within us, but that's not, it's, it's like, well, that, that's where your manhood, I need to go out to the mountains, you know, to, to, to be a man. Well, no. I found this encouraging. One man really uh, pointed out, and uh, I was going to mention a few books too, because this it, it used to be in the book room, and I don't even I don't know if the book is called The Masculine Mandate. Um, is, do you remember Mona? That's what it was called, and I don't remember the author. But he was helpful to me in walking through Genesis and just getting the essence of what it means to be to be a man. But he talked about he pointed out in there how. God put man in the garden. He put him in the garden in relationship. He, he put him there with Eve, his wife. That's where he experiences, he expresses his man. It's right there in relationship with others. But th- So this is wrapped up in, in relationship. God placed Adam in the garden. God made Eve to be a helper to Adam. And I want to expand this, too, I mean, of just how it applies to all of us, married or single. I mean, manhood or womanhood isn't only expressed within the marriage relationship, is it? I mean, there's passages in Scripture that talk about manhood and womanhood being expressed in the church body and how that is and how that's done. So this applies to single and to married. And a big part, I think, in the older ones here in the Lord can really be a help and encouragement to the younger in the Lord in this area, especially in the culture that we're living in, of, of investing, of intentionally bringing others along, young men, young women, young married people, what, bringing them along and talking to them, not that we have everything figured out, but encouraging them in this area, talking to them about what it means to be, to be a man, to be a woman. Okay, and the last thing here. Just an encouragement for us. As we live out our God-given design of being male and being female, we proclaim truth. Think about this. Ephesians 5, 31 and 32 says this, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Titus 2, 5 after he talks about, you know, the older women teaching the younger women, love their husbands, um, love their children, be keepers of home, he says this, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. So as, we, as we're living out, as we're growing in this area, we're being a light of the gospel of Jesus Christ as he's redeeming us in our own lives. It's a work of God to produce this love in a man as Christ loved the church. It's a work of God to produce this submissiveness when in, in the flesh none of us want to submit to anybody. It's a work of God that produces this submission, this respect, this honor for another person, for a husband. And we're proclaiming the truth of God's word as we live this out. And we're a beacon to a lost and dying world. As they grapple around in the dark trying to, to fix things in their mind in regards to maleness, femaleness, marriage, all these things. We're a, we're a light of the truth, of the gospel of Christ, of true biblical, hood, uh, excuse me, biblical manhood and womanhood. Well, just a brief overview and encouragement 
to us and hopefully just a breath of fresh air as we see redeemed manhood and womanhood, especially there in Ephesians 5. That'd be an encouragement to us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you came to redeem fallen man. Lord, that you came to redeem us. Lord, that we can see the the glory. We can get a glimpse of the beauty of biblical manhood and womanhood, Lord, that, that are equal yet distinct and different in design, Lord. And God, help us to see more of this. Help us to be more of a, a testimony of, as it says there in Ephesians 5, this mystery, but he's speaking of Christ in the church. Lord, that the word of God would not be dishonored. Lord, that we could um, live in more just reality in these things, that we'd glorify your name. In Christ's name, amen.